it's the next level. Hmm? Ah! Oh. Hey, Doc. Wanna slow down? Take a break a minute. Good idea. He's still heading north? Yep. You think he's lost? Doesn't seem to be. Trail's as straight as the interstate. The path of a man who knows where he's going. Where are you going, Jack? What? Well, let's say we catch up with him, Michael. What are you gonna do? I'm gonna bring him back. What if he doesn't want to come back? I'll talk him into coming back. This is the second time he's gone after Walt. He knocked me out. He locked us both up. Something tells me he might be past listening to reason. Why, you think we should just let him go? Write him off? Who are we to tell anyone what they can or can't do? Welcome, everyone, into another episode of We Have to Go Back, Lost Revisited, from the Next Level Podcast Network. I am Ben Beck. And from the Podcastica Network, I am Kristen Powell. We are into our next episode. Uh, Let's see. This episode, we are covering Season 2, Episode 11, The Hunting Party. Yes. And we're changing things up this episode uh, only because it's... There is some major thing. There is one major thing that does happen in this episode, but from a notes point of view, there really I don't feel like there's enough to do a top five. Uh, well, I have some notes definitely, but you know we could just discuss the episode and see where it goes. Yeah, I, I like that idea. I think we're, we're going to do at least a top three. Uh, if we have some additional, we will, but we're going to. Uh, yeah, just have a discussion about the episode and keep it at that. Uh, Sounds good. Just a heads up, in case you don't know already by this point, this is a spoiler-full podcast in which we do talk about things that have happened both in the past, the present, and the future of the series. Uh, mm-hmm. So if you have not seen the series before, we apologize for any spoilers you may get. Uh, and I know for a fact just some of the things that I have here, I will be talking at least about one big thing that does happen in the future of the series. So we we shall see. <coughs> Get that out of your system now. <coughs> <coughs> yeah, right over there. No. Uh, <laughs> you also I wasted all my good talking before we started recording. <laughs> Uh, all right, so let's just uh, let's just jump right into things, and because uh, it's it's been a long week for both of us, so yeah, and I have a real snarky first point, so I'm excited. Well, then you know what? I'm just gonna let you kick it off with uh, your Jack is the worst moment of this episode. <gasps> That's what I have. 
I have so many notes over it. I actually wrote in the margins of my paper. <laughs> I said I called that last week because of this being a Jack backstory. This is going to be another episode of Kristen's Jack is the worst. Okay, but he really was a jerk in this episode. Can we at least agree that no, he? I, I agree, and I do have a couple notes on Jack and his attitude this episode. You mean his bad attitude? His bad attitude. I'll let you he kick is- it off though. Bad attitude. <laughs> As Sergeant Terry Jeffords would say, you have a bad attitude. <laughs> Terry. Okay, let me tell you something. Jack is the worst, okay? And not only is he the worst on the island, he's the worst in the past and the future and the present and the sideways and the upways <laughs> and the upside down. And I got to tell you, he is the worst in this episode, okay? The worst. I put Jack is the worst at all times. At all times. <laughs> there is not one moment in this episode where I'm like, oh, that was really stand up. No, none of it. None of it. <laughs> okay. Okay. Summed it up First in, of all, in one comment. And I'm over. I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm done. Um, okay, so first we have the Jack's in a bad mood, so he's going to take it out on Kate because he loves to just, I don't know, he has like this kick the dog syndrome when it comes to Kate. He he gets mad, he gets in his little snarky little mood, and he just starts yelling at her. And I got to tell you, I really hate it. I, I'm not then, surprised that you hate it. Well, everybody should hate it because Kate's pretty awesome. And she's got the patience of Mother Teresa to really kind of stand everything that he does. But you know what? It's like she's used to abuse from her father and her mother because she, even after she gets kidnapped, he yells like, okay, he yells at her, tells her to go back. It's like, it's like, a you know you throw rocks at, at, at the dog or whatever saying, go home, get out of here. I don't want you anymore. And you throw, throw the rocks to get them to go away. And I get, it's like to save your life. But if you do it enough times, that dog is going to bite you eventually. Although Kate never does it. I'm getting off track. (laughs) Okay. So Kate seemingly goes away, right? But she decides, okay, I'm going to go get Hurley. I'm going to go, you know, get my shift covered because they all have jobs now, like normal people. And then we, see her later in the episode, which we'll talk about later. But then when they're back on the beach and she's like apologizing and apologize, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And he's like, yeah, me too. And then walks away like a jerk, man. Like he's just the worst. She's just been through hell. She's been kidnapped and, and with something over her head and tied up and had a gun to her head. And he just can't even bring himself to just ask her if she's okay. Yeah. Like it's just terrible. And then he tries to run Sawyer into the ground just to prove a point because he's he's like, Oh yeah, you love Kate. And it's like, what is it to you, man? You treat her like shit anyways. And the poor guy is just like everybody's covered in sweat. They're going like across the island. And Sawyer's like, Can we just take a break? Please, can we take a break? And Jack's like, no, fucker, you could go back if you want to. He's just the worst. Well, not only that, but not only is not is everybody dirty and tired from doing this, but Sawyer at the same time is still recovering from a, a pretty serious and almost deadly gunshot wound. So yeah. for, for Sawyer to still be recovering and yet still be that stand-up guy to say, you know what? I'm coming with you. Uh, 
you know, one shows how badass Sawyer really is. I love Sawyer. But for Jack to like you like you said, kind of run him into the ground and tire him out and really not give a shit about his his well-being makes Jack a horrible person this episode. Well, the thing is is that I so I had a question for you and okay. I had this for later in the in in the episode uh discussion, but I'm going to place it here. Um when you look at Jack back, like in this flashback and cause we'll get to the flashback in just a second. <laughs> um, <laughs> but when you look at him in the flashback and in this episode, it strikes me that we are halfway through season two and I really don't see where Jack's loyalties really lie. I don't know if he has loyalty to people. Do you think at this point that he has loyalties to anybody or does he just like being in charge? And that's kind of like a like a power hungry thing that he has. Do you mean on on the island? Anywhere. Um, you know what? Yeah. Even looking back at it, at, at the flashbacks, I, I think on the island I you know, before this episode, I would have said he had a loyalty to Kate, but I think even that's gone. I don't think he has that. And and I'll go into that in a minute. But other than Kate, he I, he doesn't have on the island. I don't think he has a loyalty to anybody but himself. I, I really believe that. Um, and every time he gets mad at every time he gets mad at Kate, he goes to Anna Lucia like she's like his backup hoe or something like it's real weird. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, you look at what happens at the end of the episode. I mean, that's a prime example of that. And but I mean, like you look at anybody on the island, he he definitely does not have a loyalty to Locke because he'll use Locke for his own well-being. He totally uses Locke this episode to track Michael because oh, he can't do it so himself. Gross, too. Right. And And that's another point that I had is that he sent home the second best tracker on the island. Out of personal spite. Yeah. Like Kate is an excellent tracker. Of course she should be with that group. Jack can't do any of it. And he's the only doctor of the group. He should be back at the hatch pushing the damn button. Well, yeah. because And that's another good point that I didn't even think about. You're right. He is the only doctor of the group. So if something happens to him, the whole rest of the crew is screwed. See? And he doesn't care. He cannot see that. And that's the thing. I think you're right. I think that provo- that exactly fu- puts that focus on the fact that he really has no loyalty to anybody other than himself. He uses people to his advantage. And I'm sorry to people that like Jack, because we know we're going to hear this from Des next week. Um, <laughs> and I apologize. But, you know, you if you look at everything as a whole, you're absolutely right. He has no loyalty to anybody but himself. Now, that does eventually change. I, I will say that, but at this point in the series, especially this episode, loyalty to nobody but himself. And you, you look at the fact that he's chasing Michael, and you could use as an example to maybe he has a, a loyalty to Michael, and he doesn't. It's basically, it's his, and I'm going to use these words again that I've used before, it's his hero complex. Um, you know, and his wife, for the life of me, I can't remember... Um, Sarah, Sarah, Sarah even says it to him at one point in the flashback. You have you feel like you need to save everyone. And that's that hero complex. And it's not the fact that he has any loyalty to Michael. He just wants to save him. He wants to be his hero. 
Yeah, he like that's totally right. He likes to fix it. He likes he likes being the miracle man. He likes being known as the guy that saves everybody. But the irony is is that his personal life is a disaster. In yeah. past and present. Yeah. You know, his he's he doesn't have any friends and the few friends that he has, he's pushing away and he's just manipulating Anna Lucia when he feels a little lonely. And then you have in the past, you have you know, I, he, he married Sarah out of obligation, I'm pretty sure. He turned in his own dad and granted his dad deserved to be turned in, but he didn't even give his dad like a heads up or anything like that. I mean, and then he kisses this other woman who just, I mean, look, man, I get that he, she kissed him first, but he led her on and he he gave her every reason to think that she could do that. And, and he kissed her back in the lowest moment of, of her life, not, probably. Not only kisses her back, but kisses her back and then walks away. Yeah, like a bitch. After her father just died. Like, you exactly. literally, in one moment, gave her hope and ripped it away. Not not gave her hope. Gave her comfort and then ripped it away. Yeah, he's the worst. I Honestly, I it's it's so weird how people didn't see this before. Well, because I, and I, I think that's because when you watch a show like this for the first time, we're so used to rooting for the, for the main character, um, and rooting for the hero. And he has such a hero complex that the first time you watch this, he does come across as the hero of the series. And by the end of the series, he kind of is. I mean, he is, he gives his life for, to to save a lot of other people. That's a huge spoiler. Sorry about that. But which is great. I understand what you're saying and I think that that's great and I think that it's good that characters grow. I mean, if characters in TV shows didn't grow, then we'd get bored. We'd, we'd get super bored. But it's just we're at we're at the sec we're at with the halfway point of the second season and he seems to be getting worse. Yeah. You know, and and really the wor- one of the worst things that he did in the whole episode, and I'm going to turn it over to you after this. This is my last point. I've been crossing them all off. <laughs> it's fine. Um, is he followed those gunshots without thinking about anybody he was with, anybody that could have been happening. I don't know why he, why do you think that he followed those gunshots? Because Locke was telling him to come back. Um, you know, Sawyer was just, sweaty and and tired but i mean i just i don't understand what he thought he was running to i you know what Uh, it's again i I, the only thing i can really say is maybe again it was that hero complex he really he puts and i use that a lot i really realize i do and but Well, that's that's the crux of his character. Of course, you use that a lot because that's that's really the essence of his character is this God complex that he has. I mean, he's a spinal surgeon and um, and, you know, spinal surgeons have or brain surgeons, brain and spinal surgeons. They have God complexes, you know, they're, they're the most arrogant of all the surgeon community. And if anybody out there, if you're a surgeon or if you're a brain surgeon, whatever, um, and, and I'm wrong, please tell me I'm wrong because I don't think I'm wrong, but I could be. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's, it's not only like, I want to I want to say it's Jack's overconfidence, but I think it's a combination of Jack's I, I think it's a combination of overconfidence and arrogance. 
um, <laughs> that's that's really basically emanating from Jack at this point. I mean, you look at the prime example of when, you know, Locke says to him, you know, what are you expecting to happen when we find him? And Locke literally, Jack looks at Locke, Locke and says, I'll talk him into coming back. He is no doubt. He has no doubt in his mind that he's going to be able to talk Michael into coming back. Even after Michael had a gun pointed at him and said, you don't understand. This is my right to go after my son. Jack still has that arrogance and overconfidence to believe it's just going to take a conversation to bring Michael back. Yeah, that is it's it's arrogant. I am Jack's arrogant mind. Yeah. But I love at the same time, you know, in that scene that, you know, coming from the guy who has said numerous times, don't tell me what I can't do. His Mm. response to Jack is, who are we to tell anyone what they can do? Can or can't do. Can or can't do, yeah. I only know it because I wrote it down. Okay. (laughs) But I I love- I love that line. I love, yeah, I do too. I love the fact that that's the response that Jack, that Locke gave to Jack, you Mm -hmm. know, in that moment. Because it's mm-hmm. almost like he knows he never wanted to be told what to do. He said it numerous times, don't tell me what I can't do. But at the same time, you know, now he's turning that around and and using it against Jack. And I absolutely love it. So um, one of the other things I wanted to bring up too. Sawyer. Well, no, while we're still on. Oh, no. <laughs> I, 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 you're singing the song. Yeah, I was singing my Jack is the worst song. Sawyer. Um, Sawyer. <laughs> we're going to record that in a studio one day. And, oh, cool. And just play. Can't it. wait. <laughs> uh, w- one of the other things. Make I, sure we're real good and drunk when that it's, happens. We're going to have to be. Uh, <laughs> I, yeah, I think we're kind of beyond like top points this time. I think it's just going to be a discussion, which I'm fine with. But okay. one of the things I wanted to go back to, uh, you know, talking about Kate and, and, and Jack and Sawyer. And, we meet Mr. Friendly again for the second time. And, you know, we get that whole interaction with the group in the jungle uh, about the line being crossed. And I find it funny that we're talking about an episode with a line being crossed as we just got done watching another series. I wrote that down. <laughs> I said they have a whispers vibe yeah, to them. <laughs> at this point, they do. Uh, you know, because Walking Dead just went through the same thing about a line being crossed. Only they took it a step further. They they drew an actual line. Yes, and used. I'm not going to spoil it for anybody, but the line the line they drew was pretty gruesome. Pretty int- it's pretty creative. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good way to put it. But yeah, going into that scene, going back to that scene, one of the things I found very interesting, and I'm wondering if this is a vibe that you picked up on too. We get that moment where Friendly brings Kate out, and he's got the gun to Kate's head. First and foremost, the gun that he's holding is is a German Luger. And I don't know if that comes into play again or not as to how he got like a German gun. I think it's just an interesting little Easter egg that they put in there. The the fact it's a Luger. You don't think that it's from the German guy that was in the hatch? Oh, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, I guess that is a good possibility that that's where that gun came from. (laughs) But there's that scene where Jack... You know, Friendly has Kate, uh, you know, at gunpoint. When it comes to, you know, Kate being held in that situation and now being held as a hostage so that they'll have a conversation, look at that situation. Who's the first person to speak about Sawyer? Sawyer, exactly. Sawyer's the one that says, like, if you touch a hair on her head and then Friendly interrupts him. At that particular moment... 
looking at Jack and looking at Sawyer, you can tell who really cares about Kate more. Obviously, Sawyer is the one that steps up and says something. At that point, to me, and I don't know if this is a vibe that you got too, Kate isn't a character he cares about. She's a liability. Yes, and that's what I was just about to say. In Jack's opinion, she messed up their status quo. Yeah. That's all it was. That's all it was. But here's the thing, though, that like you look at from an outsider's perspective. Kate may have ruined the status quo. They never had the upper hand to begin with. I know. I got to tell you, the, I, I will never forget watching this episode as long as I live. I, I because It was the first episode that I didn't watch with my mom. I used to go over to her house and we would watch this show. Every week. It was like our it was like our thing. We'd make dinner, we'd sit down in her living room, we'd watch the show, and then we'd discuss it at nauseum for the rest of the week until the next episode. And I didn't watch it with her. And I was like sitting there and I'm like, oh my gosh, when he said, <laughs> and I remember when I was talking to my mom about it the next day, and I said, and then he lifted his hands and he said, light them up. And and all of a sudden, all these people emerge from the jungle. She's like, no. I'm like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'll never forget it. So the light em up scene is like something that has stayed with me all these years. I just, it's so silly, but I don't care. It's amazing. I love, 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 love this moment yeah. so much. Yeah. No, and I'm right there with you too. But again, you know, it's, it's like I said, you know, Jack looks at that moment with Kate as in like, okay, he looks at Kate as a liability. It's because of her. They just lost their upper hand. They never had it to begin with. Right, right. And Absolutely. I, and I think it's like it, the Night King. And I think <laughs> and I think that <laughs> moment even happens after the light him up moment. I think the light oh, the him Kate? up with Kate, yeah. They bring Kate yeah, out yeah, yeah. afterwards. So mm -hmm. even though you're surrounded by all these people. You still aren't willing to give up. I mean, I it, I understand that's determination, but there's a you're difference. talking about you're talking about his his arrogance yes. and that he can still he still has power in this situation. Yes, he believes mm -hmm. he's arrogant enough to believe he still has the upper hand. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he, I would yeah. I would agree with that. And Absolutely. he never had it to begin with. Mm -hmm. So I just find that completely interesting when it comes to that whole situation and that it is. Indeed, Sawyer is the first person to step to step up in defense of Kate. Not, you know. Mm -hmm. Well, and when when Tom Friendly um, pushes Kate forward, Sawyer's the one that catches her. Yes. Yeah. Jack is nowhere to be found to catch her. Can I tell you too? I know he comes across as a bad guy at this point, And he kind of technically is, but I love Tom friendly. Yeah, everybody does. Some of the moments that we get with him later on in this series, he, he really turns out to be a character that you just, you absolutely, you actually start to like. Yeah, uh, no, I agree. I, I do like him. I, I'm with you on this one. Although, you know, I like how he goes away. <laughs> Oh God, yeah, <laughs> yes, I agree with. That's, I mean, I'll uh, just, I'll just go ahead and say that. <laughs> is, that's next season, isn't it? No, is that this finale? Season? That's finale. the finale. That's this season's finale. Okay. Yeah. Oh damn, that's right. We do only get him for this season. That's a bummer. no. We don't because he comes back 
in season three flashbacks. That's right. Okay, we get the Still current. Right. We get the current Tom Friendly only for this season. Um, whenever you say Tom Friendly, I think of Walking Dead and Officer Friendly. I'm Officer Friendly. <laughs> well, I mean, we do know that there are some, at least one actor that shares both series. Michael Cutlets was in both Walking Dead and Lost. We've That's ta- right. We've talked about this. So. No, I know. I, I, I know. <laughs> sorry. But look, man, it's been a really long week. I know. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. No, that's okay. You're fine. Um, um, yeah. Why don't you take us into to something else this time? Well, I actually, um, the the number one thing that I have is the introduction to the others. Okay. Um, so we could just keep going with this. Um, so it's funny because on first watch, <coughs> on first watch, um, you see that they're chasing after shots right and i love it i read it in the wiki and i thought about it when when i saw the episode and then when i read it in the wiki i said oh that's so cool that that's really what it is uh the three the three shell casings versus hearing seven shots that's it that's a reference to the jfk assassination oh i never picked up on that yeah so they found three shell casings but they're like, uh, I heard seven shots. And Locke says, yep, that sounds right to me. And that's like, there's video evidence of, you know, there was seven shots, except only three shell casings were found. Like, that's the big conspiracy. So, but what's interesting about this whole thing is that you think that this is fire between the others and Michael, when really, I I don't know, tell, tell me if you think differently. I think that this is fire between Kate and the others. Um, I could see that potentially being it. Uh, but uh, in all honesty, I feel like this is fire as a mislead to get them off the trail. You think that they're leading, leading them into the jungle. Yeah. I think they're absolutely leading them into this ambush. They wanted to have this conversation. If they look, if they wanted them dead, they'd be dead. That's, and that I, I purely, I purely believe that because they could have killed them when they were having that conversation. They were, they could have ambushed them. I think, yeah, okay. I think this is a serious situation where they wanted to have a conversation with them. Mm. They wanted to make themselves known. So they led them off of Michael's trail. They fired those shots to make them think that's the direction he went. And they were, they were using it as a lure. So the only reason why I think this is, is because I don't think okay. Well, see, and 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 I see what you're saying with everything that you just said. I guess my whole deal about the whole thing was that Michael wouldn't be shooting them because he wants information. He wants yeah. to find his son. Kate would shoot them. Oh, um, maybe she wouldn't. I don't know if she wouldn't either. Be, if she would either, because if they're looking for Michael, if she shoots them, she's never going to find Michael. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, and that, that, you know, again, that's what I, th- I just think it's, I, my personal opinion is I think it's a lure. Okay. Like a terminus lure. Yeah. I yeah. Think, I think I get it was that. a trap. Yeah. I mean, that makes, that makes a lot of sense. Um, I didn't think about it that way. I just thought that it was fire between Kate and the others, but yeah, you're probably right that they were leading them into the jungle. What's funny is that Locke knew that it could be a trap and, oh, who didn't see it? Yeah. The <laughs> arrogant dude in the corner. 
fucking you know, asshole. You know what I find funny? I find funny too. Now that we're talking about, uh, you know, we're back on the discussion of like the others and, and friendly. Actually, we're not back on it. We never left it. Um, I love, and it's one of the things that I love about Mister Friendly and and that character is. You know, when he says to Jack, how long have you guys been here? And Jack's like, 50 days. He's like, hmm, almost two whole months. You can just sense the sarcasm <laughs> in his voice when he's like, hmm, almost two whole months, huh? As compared to like, yeah, they've been there for years. By choice, though. Like, this, this, I have a real problem with this conversation because he's acting like like all of these plane survivors came in and were like, we live here now. We're peeing all over the island. They, they don't want to be there. They don't want to be there. They had to do what they had to survive. They found a hatch. The hatch wasn't being used. Nobody came and claimed the hatch. Actually, the guy that was in the hatch, he ran from the hatch. So they kind of took up the flag that that Desmond left. Not to mention, what are they supposed to do? They're supposed to find the people that operate the black smoke monster and the polar bears and the ones that took Claire and took the baby and implanted a spy and killed all the other tailies on the other side of the island. I mean, I mean, the 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 points that Tom Friendly makes in this conversation are absolutely ludicrous. Um. I can I can see that to a point. Um, I guess I just never put that much serious thought into the the conversation itself. I guess I, I just never I, I took it more for the shock value that it was. You know, when they say like this is not your island, this is our island, and yeah, I don't know. Well, okay, then get them off the island because we all know you know how to do it. But do they though? Because we found out that the only way that they can leave the island is via a submarine. Spoiler, sorry. Um, no, because Michael and Walt were able to leave. Yeah, but by the only boat that they had. I understand that, but what I'm saying is, is that there's certain coordinates that if they if they follow it, I mean, we learned this later in the in the series, but yeah. if there's certain coordinates and they follow it, or you have the submarine, whatever. If these are people that don't want to be on your stupid island. So if if you want them to leave, they're willing parties. So, you know, you uh, the only thing that I have a problem with is just that they're saying, what do you, when you come into someone else's house, you know, do you take off your shoes and you put your feet up on the furniture? And I thought to myself, I take off my shoes whenever I enter anybody's house. I'm so glad. Like, that that's you, just something that I do. I'm so glad that you said that line too, because one of the things that I found um, with, uh, with that line is, uh, Locke actually does. Right. The he first, does. And Jack does it. Yeah. The first time he enters the hatch, Locke takes his shoes off. Yeah, of course he does. Of course he does. Cause Locke is a gentleman. The guy has <laughs> brains in his head and he goes, Oh, I'm indoors. I'm like, he's been living like a wild feral animal for the past 48 days. Of course he's going to take his shoes off. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, you know, I there's there's definitely some merit to that. I I just never really put that much thought into that conversation. Yeah, there, look, it, it's a great scene. It's one of the best scenes in the whole series, in my opinion. But it, there was just some language that was used that I just I you should have seen my notes. I have stuff that's underlined, and I'm like, it's not their choice. They want to leave. <laughs> 
Tom Friendly, you're not friendly, you stupid son of a bitch. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, and you do. You make a good point. It's like, okay, these guys have made this this island their home. They've been there for years. If there's these survivors that, I mean, the only thing I can think of is that they want to keep them around in case they need them. Mm, mm-hmm. That's really the only thing I can think of, because otherwise you're right. Why would you not give them a way to get off the island? You know, either right. either kill them or give or send them home. Right. They don't want to be a part of your stupid game. Yeah. I if, promise. If you're keeping them alive. Yeah, they don't want to be there. If Locke might be the only one that actually wants to be there. Literally the only one. So yeah, maybe it, Rose later when she when, you know, she finds out that her what she finds out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's true. But and and the same thing with Sun. Although that could, though no, she no, can leave she after that happens. Leave. Yeah, she yeah. had to leave. Uh, yeah, so I mean, you're right. It, either send them home or kill them. Otherwise, why are you keeping them there? And I think the only the only possible answer for that could be they they're keeping them around in case they need them. Which is ridiculous. Well, yeah, because I mean, if somebody breaks into my house, I'm not going to let them stick around in case I need them for something. Yeah. Do you do you want a uh, <laughs> what what do they call them? Those candy bars, Astro bars. Hey, you want, that a, you want an Apollo bar? Apollo bar. That's what it is. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So, um, what do you got? So, I have two other things that I okay. I wanted to talk about. One is something that you know we could talk about in quick fashion, uh, but it's been fun. It was really nice to see that Sun has found her voice. Yes. Uh, you know, we see her put that hat on Jin and Jin kind of fight her on it. Not really fight her <laughs> on it. He does. He does wear the hat and, you know, he gets the look from Hurley and he gives Sun the look like, see, I told you this is going to be embarrassing. It's Chandler and the pink bunny. Yeah, <laughs> I guess it is. You know, but we see Sun say like, no, you need to wear the hat. So she's standing up to herself. But then by the end of the episode, when Jin confronts her and says, I didn't like how that made me feel and everything, you know, for Sun to say, well, now, you know, in so many words, she pretty much says, well, now you know how it felt. Mm-hmm. Like, this is how I've always felt. And now you just kind of got a taste of it. And she didn't do it to him purposely. She did it out of caring about him and looking out for him, which in many ways, Jin did the same thing. Uh, in some ways, he did the same thing. In some other ways, it was just basically being controlling. But, you know, for her to say to him, like for her to f- stand up to herself, for herself against, you know, to Jin and say, you know, pretty much now you know how it felt. It's nice to see that she has found that voice. Not only has she found the voice, because I think she already found it before this. But the fact that she's using that voice that she found. Mm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I really, I, oh gosh, I, I love these two together, and and I thought, I thought that that scene with the hat was just a riot. I did too. However, I, I think while I am completely on Sun's side in this, I, one of my one of my main points of of the episode was Team Raft. And it just seemed like Jin and Sawyer had the same reaction to Michael went off to find Walt. Like they both were like, okay, well, you know, Sawyer, Sawyer, you could see he was like, I gotta go. <laughs> like he had, he had that look on his face and Jin, you know, cause I think that Jin and, and Michael have become kind of like Island besties. I agree with that. And which I just love because they just hated each other so much when they first got there. Um, 
but he's packing up his stuff. He's not even thinking twice. He's like, I got to get to Michael. I have to help this situation. So I just, and what's interesting is that team raft is together in the future too. And I, that didn't dawn on me until this episode. I was like, you know what? Team raft is here a lot, man. Like they had this super bonding moment on the raft and then with the tailies. Well, I mean, are they together in the future? I mean, we know that Sun and Sawyer are, but Michael's not there. Michael, Jin, and Sawyer are, aren't they? No, because Michael leaves. Michael doesn't come bo- co- doesn't come back in- until the 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 vessel comes back, the ship mm-hmm. comes back. And I'm talking th- about when they were all part of the Dharma Initiative. No, because Michael wasn't. Michael was in the present day. No, he was there. Was he, he was there with Jin and Sawyer when Jin knew English? Oh, we're just spoiling the hell out of everything <laughs> right now. I don't. Wow, that's it. Can tell you, uh, okay, yeah, I you you're probably right. I just don't remember. I, I could totally be wrong. Let's just get that out there I, right now. <laughs> I know. I know. Saeed is because they find Saeed in the jungle, but I don't remember Michael being there. I have a memory of it. I could be totally wrong, but I just feel like the three of them have this like raft bond. No, I absolutely feel that they do have that bond. I mean, it, you know, you said it, um, it, it, you said it yourself and like, it was almost like instinct that something happened to Michael. So it was almost like instinct that Jin had to gear up and, and take care of it. So I, I agree with that. Um, I In this case, I understood why Jin was leaving. You know, a lot of times he was doing things because he had to out of obligation for son's father or he wasn't invested in his marriage or he, he just wasn't a good man. In this case, he was with his wife. His relationship and his marriage is actually on solid ground and he wanted to be a good friend. He And, and that's something that we really haven't seen of Jin. Uh, when he's on the island with Sun, you know he's been really uh, domineering. He's been borderline abusive. Um, you know, Sun doesn't know what they went through. She knows that her husband is back. She knows that her marriage is is back to what it was like, you know, before they got married and before they were under her father's thumb. And and she probably feels freedom for the first time in in her marriage, whereas. Jin finally feels a connection to somebody other than obligation. I don't think it was obligation like like it was for Sawyer. And I don't and to tell you the truth, I don't even think it was obligation for Sawyer. I think that they just they have the raft bond. So they they hear one of them's in trouble. I think that if Sawyer had gone off, I think that Michael and Jin would go after um uh Sawyer. I mean, I, I and, and I think that about Jin with Michael and Sawyer going after Jin. I just think that that's just kind of what it is. They went through something together. What do you think? No, I agree with you completely. I think if the, if the situation was, was swapped around and it was Sawyer in place of Michael, I think you're right. I think Michael and Michael and Jin probably would have gone after him the same exact way. Uh, if it was Jin that had gone off, I think, you know, Michael and Sawyer would have gone off after him. Uh, you know, you look at situations where they're kind of – uh, you know, defending defending each other at the same time, you know, when it came to when they met the tailies, 
You know, they, mm-hmm. they were sticking up for each other. I think you're right. I think there is a bond between these three characters, for sure. It's like any time that people go through a traumatic situation together. It does bring, it does build a connection and bring them together. And while everybody on that plane went through a traumatic situation together, these guys went through something to another level. So it's going to even uh, strengthen the relationship between those three people. So yeah, no, I I agree with you completely. I think I think there is a connection between them, and it's like I said, I think it was you know almost instinct that Sun or that Jin felt he needed to he needed to gear up and go. It was almost like it was a duty. What with Sawyer or with Jin or with both? With Jin, Sawyer I think was a given. I mean, I think Sawyer would have gone even if there was no connection. But I think with. Mm. Do you think he would have gone if Jack was in trouble? No. No. <laughs> nope. So he does have loyalty is what I'm saying. I think Sawyer has loyalties to a couple people. Um, you know, I think I think he's got a loyalty to Michael. I think he's obviously got a loyalty to Kate. Um, I, I think maybe there's a mutual respect that he would have a loyalty to Saeed as well. I think the only people he might not... Um, the only people he might not have a loyalty towards is at all. I think he definitely wouldn't have a loyalty to Jack. Uh, I think he would. F- I don't think he would have a loyalty to Jack. And this might sound confusing, but I think he would almost feel a responsibility to help protect Jack because he is the doctor. But I think that I want to be- say that he's that he's looked out for Jack. I think he has. And I I can't remember, but I I just have a feeling. Um, you mean you think he has already? Yeah, and I'm just I'm having trouble placing it right now. I'm sure somebody will remember and let us know, which I hope happens. Um, but yeah, I mean that's what I had was just uh just kind of like the the loyalty of Sawyer and Jin and Michael to each other. And just kind of how they were all separate from each other. They're all separate. I mean, they haven't really been together since they came back. And yet, when they heard that one of them was in trouble, they they were ready to go and and help their friend. Okay. Um, I looked into this, too, about who was in the past during the, the Dharma Initiative. And I'm actually looking at the picture of the Dharma New Recruits. And in, oh, cool. in the picture are Jack, Kate, Hurley, uh, and that's it. But we do know that Sawyer is also one of them. So, wait, wait, wait. Jack? No, no, no. Jack and Kate and Hurley weren't there. They went home when everybody went back into their... Oh, you're talking... Oh, wait. Hold on. When are you talking about then? I'm talking about when they were all in their Dharma suits and Sawyer was with Juliet and Jin knew English and they were all riding around in their vans living at the thing. Yeah, that was in the past. Yeah, right. Yeah, and th- that was Jack, Kate, and Hurley. No! Yes, I'm looking at the picture of the of the new recruits of the Dharma Initiative. I understand what you're saying. But what I'm saying is, is that they weren't there the whole time. They joined them. That was when Sun was also with oh, them and they went back. Oh, okay. I get what you're saying. Because Sawyer was already there. Yes. Um, and no. So was Jin. And, and Jin. I don't think Michael was. 
I, I, I still don't think, I think Michael he was. was because remember Jack saw Walt and he was all grown up and he wasn't with Michael. He was with like his aunt or grandma or nobody or something. Yeah, but that was when Michael was already off the island. We're like ridiculously off of track. I, <laughs> I know. And we'll get, we, we, we'll get to it eventually. I just don't I just don't remember. Um, Yeah, we'll have to. Uh, I'm going when we're done here, I'm going to just find um, Harold Perennial's list of episodes. OK, fair enough. I can do that right now. Well, OK, because <laughs> I'm already on his IMDb. So, uh, yeah, it's. Because I know as of right now, in this current season that we're in right now, this episode is the last time we're going to see him for a good, I think, like eight episodes. Eight episodes, yep. Yeah, so it's it's going to be a while before we see him again. That's all right. So, yeah. he's He needs to go through through some stuff. <laughs> he's got some stuff to work out. <laughs> he's thinking about some stuff. <laughs> he's doing some thinking. He's doing some thinking. That's what it is. <laughs> Threefold. <laughs> The reasons for the box were threefold. So what uh, what what else do you have? I really only have one more thing. Um, and I found this very interesting. This was something else, too, that uh, I discovered when I was doing some research into the episode. Is that, you know, we look at the flashback of Jack and we see the surgery that he has to do on Angelo. And mm. it, it's a tumor at the base of his spine. I know where you're going with this. I find this very interesting because we've talked about this in the past about how the island tests these people. And this is a surgery that is very, it's not very similar. It's identical to the same surgery that he has to give Ben Linus uh, into, I think that's next season. I think, no, I we do get Mr. Friendly into next season. Because the surgery on Ben is next season. It's not this season. So Mr. Friendly's story does continue into season three, but I digress. Um, it's it's a sim it's a surgery that's identical to the surgery that he has to give Ben Linus. So my question to you is: with that, you know, having him having to give the surgery to Ben, do we think this is purely coincidence? Which there really isn't any of that when it comes to this island. Or is this the island's way of testing Jack and giving him a test he previously failed? No, this is absolutely, yes. It's the second one. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's the island giving him, giving Jack a, sim a test that he failed previously. Yeah, man. And giving him an opportunity to see if he can overcome it the second time. Yes. Okay. All right, fair enough. That's <laughs> I just I, I found that it was too, it was a comparison that I never really made the first couple times I had watched this, but you know looking at it all and then comparing it, yeah, the 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 surgery is identical. It's a tumor at the base of the spine that without it he would end up not being able to walk, uh, and it would eventually kill him. Unfortunately, you know Angelo does die on the surgery table, and when it comes to Ben, the surgery spoiler is successful, and he ends up saving Ben's life because of it. Yeah, I wish it was reversed. I don't. I like Ben Linus. Ben Linus, I I really can't wait till we start talking about Ben Linus because Ben Linus is probably, arguably, my favorite character in the series. And it's because he is totally complicated and complex. He is one of the most complex characters in this in this series that there are times that you 
absolutely despise him. And then there are other times that you feel sorry for him. Uh, and like even going into the finale, like the decision that he makes in the series finale, like is something I can't wait to talk about. And I know we're a ways away from that. But I, I can't. We've gone so off the rails at this point. Well, but you know what, though? There's really not a lot of other stuff to talk about with this episode. I, I have a few more. Well, we're going to get to them. Okay. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I can't wait till we start talking about Ben Linus. I can't wait till we get to his introduction. And I'm still working on getting Michael Emerson on the podcast. And I really hope it happens. Oh, good. I hope so, too. Because I'd love to talk to him. But I've actually gone through everything in my list. So uh, I'll leave it to you to kind of take us out with whatever you have left over. The last little point that I had was actually just a theme that I saw running through this entire episode, and that was desperation. Um, You know, the first thing that you see is just Michael's desperation to find Walt uh, to the point that he locks Jack and Locke into the gun locker. That's a lot of locks. (laughs) Yes, it is. Um, Without any thought about the button or anything how they're going to get out none of it he just he wanted he's so desperate to find walt that he holds you know his friends or his you know fellow survivors up at gunpoint uh to achieve that goal you have um jack's desperation to fix everything uh his marriage uh this man's spine uh this woman's feelings uh the michael situation he he we we've talked about that at length. Uh you have Gabriella's desperation to save her father. Uh she's looking for a miracle and she has basically stalked <laughs> Dr. Shepard, doc, doc, Dr. Jack Shepard to to <laughs> do it. She knows weirdly everything about him in a pre-Facebook social media world which should tell us all something there. Yeah. <laughs> uh so yeah, so those um I those were the three little instances that I saw that uh, desperation kind of played a played a factor in here. And then if you want to get like really nitpicky about desperation, you see that Charlie's real desperate to get back to Claire. Uh, not in this episode. He's not. He's just no, hanging out I'm with Hurley is, listening to Geronimo Jackson. No, no, not yet. <laughs> they haven't listened to Geronimo Jackson yet. <laughs> but he's like, you know, do you think Claire misses me? And then later when Locke comes back to the beach and he sees Aaron... Uh, you could see Charlie in the background just staring like a creepy stalker <laughs> in the self-help yeah. section of the library. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's true. <laughs> uh, you know, it's funny, too, out of all the samples of desperation that you mentioned, you know, you know, desperate to save Angelo's life and such. Uh, the one moment of desperation is that it's completely lacking is the uh, desperation to save his marriage. You know what? I think that he was at after he kissed Gabriella and he came back and then he found out that she was going to leave. I think that's when his kind of desperation came in because he had it's it's his um it's his need like you said earlier in the podcast, it's his need to fix everything, to be that hero and um he was already Sarah's hero once and now he can't do it again. He he broke it. And he's not used to breaking things. He's used yeah, to fixing them. Yeah, because he kind of, he makes no attempt to stop her. He just lets her walk away. I bet you it was relief. I, I You know what? I, I would imagine you might be right. I think it would almost be like a, a huge, you know, weight off his shoulder 
that I think maybe he was deep down kind of fooling himself and that it, it wasn't something that he really wanted and letting her go was kind of his escape. Well, we that. saw his wedding. He didn't want to do it. Yeah, he had cold feet for a majority of it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. But I, I like the I like the idea of desperation as an overarching theme for the episode. Thanks. So, anything else on your end? Nope. Just I love Locke in this episode. So but do I. We've talked about that a little bit. I thought he was. I thought Locke was fantastic. Um, I like that he said that's the path of a man who knows where he's going. Where are you going, Jack? I thought that was really interesting because I think that that's kind of a thing with Jack. Is Jack is for all of the planning that he does, for all of the uh, education, quote unquote, that he has. I think that he is, this is going to sound really (laughs) ridiculous, but I think he's lost, you know, and I don't, I don't think that there's any, I don't think that, I think he was lost before getting on the island. I think he's lost on the island. I don't, I don't think Jack has any real sense of who he is or, or what he's doing. I, you know what? And I can see that too. I can totally see that. I can see how he really has no, as you said, no sense of purpose. Uh, even in his flashbacks, like he, yes, he is a great surgeon and he's able to save people's lives, but he's not able to save Angelo's lives. So, you know, he, he's, I think that's really the first taste of failure he's had in his career. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I'm sure he's lost people on the table before, but after getting that taste of being a hero, this is the first form of failure he's had since then, you know, because even Angelo and his daughter say, like, we're not here for you, Christian. We're here for Jack, you know, because Jack's the hero surgeon. Right. Um, you know, and I think it's I think it's actually rather appropriate when you think about the longevity of the series and how the series wraps, you know, in what ultimately is what Jack's final fate of the island. I think that really is the first time in his life he's found a true purpose and it takes the full six seasons of the show to get to that point yeah you're probably right so i mean it's it is a long journey for jack and it's still at this point now he still has a long way to go so yeah oh that's kind of tragic yeah i mean you look at it that way you're right it is he's kind of a tragic character I don't feel bad for him often, but you just made me feel bad for him. <laughs> Yay, accomplishment. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> uh, looking to, I know next week we get into Charlie, more of Charlie's backstory with uh, exploring the heroine with his brother and such. Uh, but I found a very interesting connection to next week's episode uh, to another podcast that you do in that the director of next week's episode, Jack Bender, has also directed two episodes of Game of Thrones. Yeah, and he's done a lot of episodes of Lost, which is cool. Yeah. And the episodes that he's done um, of Game of Thrones, I can't think of them right now because uh, I'm in Lost mode. Blood of My Blood and The Door. Two epic ep- episodes. Yes, yes, they are. They're, I mean, they, 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 they are standout episodes of the entire series. Yeah, yeah. The Jack Bender, who who directs the next episode, you're right. He did about 39 episodes of Lost, uh, quite a few in the final season of season six, including the finale. So you know we're gonna see. It'll be interesting to kind of compare directorial styles. Like if we really focus on the way the on the feel of next week's episode and compare it to the finale, you know, to see if if his directorial 
procedures kind of changed and such. That might mm. be way over analyzing the series. Nah. But you know, we're we're at that point already anyway, so it doesn't really matter. Right. Exactly. <laughs> uh before we get into listener feedback, because we do have feedback from our buddy Steve Brown, who left his feedback for this episode, and our buddy Des left us a voicemail. Not about this episode, but about his thoughts of our podcast on the 23rd Psalm. Oh. Uh, so I, I haven't listened to either one. So we'll listen to that one first and we'll listen to Steve's. But before we do that, we talked a little bit last week about a new series with uh, Adewale uh, called The Fix that I have not yet had the chance to watch, but I know you did. So I'm just interested in what your thoughts on the series were. Yeah, so I watched the very first episode. There's two episodes that are out, but I only had time to just watch the first episode. Um, <laughs> I thought it was, I thought it was good. Um, it wasn't fantastic. I think that the show has a lot of potential. I think that if um, if they spent, they have a great cast. That's the one thing that they really do have. They have a really good cast, a really solid cast. Um, you know, I, I think that the story was kind of slapped together for a pilot, but um, I'm really excited to see kind of where it goes. I think that they've got some good ideas um, that, you know, I love Robin Tooney. I think she's really, really great. Um, she was in Prison Break. She was in um, uh, The Mentalist. And I I just think that, you know, she's she's just always been kind of a solid character actress. But um he plays like an OJ Simpson kind of guy, which is interesting. And he has a London accent. Um, well, I think that's is, his, I think that's his natural accent. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Which is really strange um, <laughs> to hear. Cause you're like, no, you're Mr. Echo. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm excited to, I I'm really excited to, to see what, what it has. It does fall into some kind of old, old thinking. I think um, there, there's a, there's kind of this weird tension between uh, two of the lawyers and they're both women. And one of them seems to be upset at the other one's success. So she undermines her. And I just think that we've kind of evolved from that kind of a plot plot point in television, um, especially in, in the time that we live in right now. So I'm hoping that that doesn't drag on too long because it was the only thing that I thought, ugh, if this drags on, I'm not going to even be a part of it. <laughs> so we'll see what happens. But I'm gonna watch the second episode tomorrow. Okay. Yeah, I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna watch them. I'm looking at the cast now and I see Breckenmeyer, Mark Blucas. Yeah. Yep. So yeah, a couple recognizable names. I, I mean Breckenmeyer I know from a lot of movies from, you know, when he was younger and Mark Blucas I know from uh Buffy the Vampire Slayer and a couple other series that he did too. So uh, yeah, I'm definitely going to check out the, the episodes as well. Yeah, take a, and then we'll talk about it next week. Cool. Having yeah. both of us seen it. But, I mean, if you miss Mr. Echo, take take a look. He actually, you know, he has a pretty sizable part in it. All right, cool. Yeah, I'm de yeah, I'm definitely going to uh, check it out. It's funny because uh, you talked about, like, pronunciation of his name and stuff. And I know his last name <laughs> is hyphenated. And I can, I can say Adewale Aquino, but I don't know... I don't know how to pronounce the, the hyphenated part. So Ottawa Abadango. Yeah, I, I don't he said it last <laughs> week. Shamalama Ding Dong or whatever. Yeah, that sounds <laughs> said better. Last week. Perfect. So, but yeah, I think, yeah, London is like his natural accent. So it's it's going to be 
uh, interesting to to watch that. But I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to it's checking like it out. Like finding out that John Boyega has an English accent. It's just strange. Or Rick Grimes is English. I know yeah, that they're shocked, all English. That shocked a lot of people. Definitely shocked me. Somebody said, "Did you know that he's like a proper Englishman?" I was like, "What?" And and then there are actresses like Lauren Cohan, <laughs> who people think is British because she has a British accent when she's not doing an American accent, but she was born in Cherry Hill, New Jersey. But her her parents are British. So. Yes, and she grew up most of her life in London, which is why she has the in England, which is why she has the accent. But she's a Jersey girl, which cracks me up. I love language. <laughs> So, uh, all right. So let's jump into our listener feedback. But before we do that, we, of course, want to encourage you guys to leave us feedback as well, ex- especially on this episode, because if you feel like there's some things we missed, because we did kind of get off track a little bit. Uh, a it- little bit. <laughs> did we? I think we discussed the episode half the time. Uh, still. OK, I was I was giving us benefit of the doubt and you took it completely took it away. I was speaking the truth. You, you, you basically, you just, you just played a Mr. Friendly on my Jack, uh, in that I thought I had the upper hand by giving us the benefit of the doubt and you changed the status quo that I never had. (laughs) (laughs) I just made my, just made myself, I gave myself the Jack is the worst moment. Yeah. Why did you do that? I don't know. (laughs) Why would anybody do that? Uh, but we encourage you guys to leave us listener feedback of any kind uh, when it comes to these episodes, not just this one, but future episodes as well. And there are multiple ways that you can do that. First, uh, you can contact us on Facebook. We are at facebook.com slash lost revisited. We are on Instagram at lost revisited pod. You can email us at lost revisited pod at gmail.com. And if you'd like to leave us a message, you can record it yourself and send it to our email address as said above. Yes. Uh, So with that being said, again, we have two bits of feedback, one from our buddy Des Combs, uh, which we're going to hit first. So let's go ahead and play that now. Hey, kids, it's Des, and it's like 2.30 in the morning, and I'm on my way home from work, and I'm listening to your podcast. And just a couple of things occurred to me, two or three things. Um... The whole thing with the smoke monster and John Locke and the way that it scanned them, it just kind of occurred to me, it wasn't trying to see if they had things to get done and any part to play on the island. I, th- I think the scope, excuse me, I think the smoke monster was trying to find someone to take over, to possess, to corrupt, whatever, like it ends up doing with a certain character. Um, and I think that those were his two best candidates. So not like the candidates that Jacob was looking for, but someone to be his proxy. Uh, another thing, we've gone back and forth and back and forth about uh, Charlie's crutch with the heroin. And we were using Kristen talking about her one pack of cigarettes. Charlie wasn't using one Mary. He had a stash. He had, like she said, six, seven Marys there. That was not one little crutch that was a plan to at some point use it he knew he wanted it at some point and the last thing uh with jack and a low point in his marriage i gotta be honest did he ever have a high point in his marriage love you guys talk to you later bye oh that that is a fantastic point (laughs) did he ever have a high point in his marriage 
I'm going to tell you, like, the wedding ceremony was garbage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You mentioned that earlier. Mm-hmm. Did he ever have a high point? That's a good point. Uh, Des, I love you. <laughs> I really do. And it's a good point about the, 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 the Mary statues, too. I was the one that kept saying that it was a crutch for him. But, you know, when you put it that way, I think, you know, he's probably right in that he he had every intention on eventually going back to being a user. Like when he got rescued, like he could bring it all with him in his Mary statues. Oh, I didn't even think about that. Take it home with him. Yeah, that's a good. That was like his home plan. Gets arrested for intent to distribute. Not with Mary statues. Well, well, he eventually becomes the smuggler that Echo was trying to be. With that move by Uh, taking. There's. There's an alternate reality storyline. Oh, God. Echo, yeah, Charlie being the drug lord. That, mm-hmm. that would be interesting. So. It's so funny how Charlie just never stops looking like a heroin addict. <laughs> like ever. Like, greasy hair, greasy face, trashy clothes. It's yeah. just so strange. Yeah, that's very, very true. That heroin chic on point. Even, even to the day... Even to not Penny's boat, he's still got that scruffy look. He's underwater and he still looks <laughs> like a grease ball. He still looks horrible. He still <laughs> looks like a dirt ball. So what's funny is that that's such a tragic scene that even laughing about that, it it didn't feel right no, in my stomach. It's that is one of oh man that that will always be like a hashtag too soon. There are situation. Yeah, there are there are quite a few. There's a handful of moments throughout the run of this series that I cry, and that is one of them. Mm-hmm. That is one. Mm-hmm. Of them. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Oh man. Let's it's, go on it's, to Steve Brown. <laughs> it's it's funny too because I think we talked about this before, but I at one point made that my Facebook cover photo, the picture of Charlie underwater holding up the hand of Not Penny's boat, You're and such a and I had people like like commenting like, why would you do that? like that's just horrible you're like because i'm an asshole probably yeah that was probably the reason (laughs) (laughs) so uh yeah so we have also have uh voicemail from our buddy steve as we mentioned so let's play that now hello ben and Kristen. this is steve and i i hope uh you don't catch the background noise on this one i've tried to record this a couple times there's been some crazy stuff going on outside um, anyway, love this episode, uh, this episode of Lost Hunting Party, that uh, we get to see some some really interesting things that further a number of stories, not just we get Michael, he leaves and he's gone for several episodes at this point, and we get the the reintroduction kind of, or introduction, maybe reintroduction, I guess, to the others in Mr. Friendly and his whole light em up scene which has always been i really like that scene and, and i didn't notice before but i noticed today re- watching it on on a, a bigger tv that you can actually see there are people holding those those torches always before i kind of wasn't sure if there was actually people or if it was just you know kind of some kind of thing anyway um so really really good scene to show us that there is another group on this island that we're going to have to contend with down the road Loved, absolutely loved all the stuff between Jin and Sun, and I'm so uh, appreciative to 
you and and uh, for you, Christian and Ben, for pointing out this relationship because I never, in all the times I watched it before, and, and I think I've only had like one actual full rewatch after the show ended that I watched it, but in all the times I watched the previous seasons, I never really keyed in on the Jin and Son relationship. It was never something that it was kind of a backstory to me that didn't really uh, I wasn't didn't key in on. So really nice to see in this rewatch episode or this rewatch that I've been able to kind of key in on and see their relationship and see how it's progressing. And it was really so good to see them interacting and that conversation at the end where you could tell when, when she kind of speaks up to Jen and he is about to retaliate and then he stops and he puts the pack down and he stays. And then later on when she comes to him, and she says, what's wrong? And he's and they had their whole conversation. And she explains the fact he says that he doesn't like to be spoken that way to that way. And she says, well, she was spoken to that way for four years. So uh, I ran a little bit long. So really good stuff in this in this episode. I, I laughed. I literally laughed out loud when Locke and Jack are talking in the hat in the uh, when they're locked in the hatch. And he says, maybe Sawyer will come. Uh, to need his bandages changed and it cuts to Sawyer asleep on the beach. So anyway, um, sorry that I ran so long. Uh, talk to you later. Oh, I love Steve. I'm so glad. I'm so glad that he sees the, the uh, Jin and son relationship differently. That makes me happy. I didn't get anything out of that. There was too much background noise. no it's i i agree i think it's i love the fact and it's one of the main reasons why i think you and i other than the fact that we just have a a, such a love for the show and we love talking about it i think one of the main objectives is this of this of doing this podcast was to kind of open people's eyes to looking at the series in new ways Mm -hmm. and i and i love the fact that steve is a prime example of that happening with him. I mean, you know, we've talked earlier about like how he was one person who didn't think the show had a, a, a direction. And now that we're going back episode per episode and analyzing everything, he's completely turned around and said, yeah, I think these guys knew where they were going. They had a plan. And now with the Jin and son relationship, it was kind of something that was just background to him. But now with us talking about it, he's discovering so much more about that relationship. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, yeah, I love that, too. I, I love that we're affecting people that way. Yay. So and then there are other people that are probably like, God, I wish Ben would shut the hell up. Oh, no, not at all. <laughs> You're probably one of them, but it's fine. Yeah, but <laughs> but I'm allowed to think that. <laughs> that's that's very true. You're also allowed <laughs> to tell me to shut up. Which I do. You do. That's right. I do tell you when I want you to shut up. <laughs> I have I have no qualms about doing that, my friend. And that is why I love podcasting with you. There you go. <laughs> so uh, on top of leave, uh, being able to leave us listener feedback, we, of course, encourage you to check out not just the podcasts on the Next Level Podcast Network, but as uh, the Podcastica Network as well, in that this is a shared podcast between both networks, which we absolutely love, the fact that we're able to do that. Uh, I know you are... God, two less than two weeks, two weeks, less than two weeks. Well, it starts April 14th. And I would say that we are. Hang on. Stand by. (laughs) Stand by, please. Yeah, you're. uh, 
Yeah. <laughs> We're two full weekends away. From yeah, from the return of uh, I Game cannot of believe that I just said those words and and they're true. Yeah. Um yeah, so we just actually put out uh, uh, season seven, episode five, East Watch, and we are recording the last two episodes. Steve Brown is actually going to be my guest for the um, season seven finale, Dragon and the Wolf. That's cool. I'm really excited about it because he has been a first time watcher for the entire time, and he's left a voicemail every single episode to um, to basically like give his instant reactions. And they've become kind of a favorite part of the podcast. And so I'm really excited to have him on, like, partly as a thank you for just putting in so many voicemails. But also, I can't wait to talk to him about, like, the full scope of the entire series so far and to see what what he thinks. I may just spend, like, half the time asking him questions. (laughs) I think think what would be fun— uh, and Steve, I know you're listening, so uh, take this that note. Um, I think it would be fun if when he's a guest, he also leaves a voicemail. He already did. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Well, damn it. My idea has been taken already. Yeah, don't worry. I had that thought <laughs> okay. weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He should leave a voicemail for the podcast that he's co-hosting on, which would be fun. Yeah, he's going to hear himself. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> Um, yeah, so, and then we're going to do a hopes and dreams episode and then we're going to kick right into the season and Jason's gonna, Jason and I are going to do every single episode of season eight together. So that'll be a lot of fun. Ah, no co-hosts, huh? Just you and Jason? Well, no, we'll have a third. Oh, okay. Yeah, we'll have a third. I told him, I said, we don't have to have a third, but it'll be fun with a third. Who were, uh, I don't care as long as I get to talk about it. What are you going to do when the show ends? I don't know. Sleep. I mean, there's, watch it all over again. There's going to be Game of Thrones spinoffs. Well, yeah, I mean, but so the pilot, you know, we're going to we're going to do the prequels that they're doing. Um, you know, there there's lots of opportunity for the cast and we'll see what happens when it's done. But for right now, I'm just Looking really, really excited break. about yeah. brand new season. It's been a long time. Um, yeah. And I've been talking. I've been. Talking about my own podcast for way too long on my other podcast, like that's that's just gross. So no, stop. it's it's fine. I mean, there's nothing wrong with shameless self promotion. It's <laughs> I, I do it as well, and it's it's I'm excited too because you and I have both done the almost impossible task of avoiding absolutely everything pertaining to this final season. Uh, yeah, and no when images. You host a podcast on the show. It's <laughs> real hard. I'm not gonna lie. I had to take out the news segment because it just got to be too stressful. Yeah, but yeah. So yeah, I'm going in completely blind. I am too, and it's the first time I've ever done that with anything. It's exciting, right? It is. I, I'm yeah. loving the fact of not knowing. I got Jason what's to, come. to do it too. <laughs> Did you? Well, see, and it's difficult for him, too, because as of now, he, as we're recording this, he is currently in London with a number of the cast of Game Five of Thrones. Cast yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to, I'm very curious to hear his thoughts when he gets home as to what he was able to avoid when he was there. Now, I'm sure it'll probably be easier than we imagine because they're not going to give any spoilers at that, at that convention. Um, no, 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 they're not. But, you know, you don't know if they're going to play trailers or yeah. trailer or anything like that but it's not like comic-con so I, I i don't believe that they will um and jason is a smart guy he can he can figure out 
how to avoid that, I'm sure. Yeah, I, c- I can tell you, though, on a side note, I am extremely jealous of Jason right now. Yeah, me too. Not like, totally. I Well, first of all, I was supposed to be there. Oh, you were? Yeah. Dave and I were going to do our uh, 10th anniversary. We just celebrated 10 years of marriage. And Congrats. Well, thank you. And we were, our whole plan was to go to London around the time of Walker Stalker so that we could go. And <laughs> we had to pull out. <laughs> well. I mean, well, I'm not just I'm not just jealous of the fact that he's there with you know, the cast of Game of Thrones. I'm, oh, I am. I'm jealous of the fact that he's there, that he's in London. I mean, he went from Germany to London. No, he didn't go to Germany. Oh, he didn't go to Germany. Okay, Mm-mm. so he's he's literally just for the London part. Mm-hmm. But he's no. there, I think, for like two weeks, isn't he? Yeah, he decided to make a vacation out of it. Yeah, with I think with his wife and his kids, which is which is pretty awesome. So awesome. Yeah. So awesome that those are memories that they're going to hold on to forever. I can't wait for us to start doing that as a family. Yeah. I can't wait till I have a family to start doing that. There you go. <laughs> See, we all got goals. I just made myself sound even sadder. It's fine. Um, it's okay. You have your four cats. <laughs> thanks. That just made it even worse. <laughs> <laughs> that just made me sound even sadder than I made myself sound. I appreciate that. You can always edit that out. No, I won't, because you know I don't edit stuff out unless I absolutely have to. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I'm looking forward to to jumping into House Podcastico once you know the new season starts up, and I know I think uh, Strange Indeed just started a new series right now too, didn't they? Mm-hmm. Umbrella Academy. I thought they were done with Umbrella Academy. I thought they just started something just else. Fin- no, they just finished you, and they're doing Umbrella Academy. They. Uh, just finished the second episode. Okay. And I believe that should take them almost right into Stranger Things. Uh, I don't know because Strange and Umbrella Academy is only 10 episodes. And Stran- I thought it was more than that. No, it's only 10 episodes and uh, Strange Stranger Things doesn't start until July. Okay. Then I thought that there was more. I thought that there was like 13, 14 episodes. Nope, so. it's only 10. Um, yeah, so it'll be interesting to see what they do in between. Strange indeed, and uh, they should just do a bunch of creepy movies. That would be kind of (laughs) cool. That would be kind of cool of them to do. Yeah, I know on the next level side, obviously, uh, our buddy Steve Brown, who's going to be with you on House Podcastica, uh, him and our friend Mark Kirkman have the Panels to Pixels podcast, which is uh, currently on break because I know Steve's been sick and now Mark's sick, so uh, they're going to be putting out something new. They didn't put anything out this past week, but they're going to put something out new this week. I think I'll tell you something. It's really, really hard to podcast when you're sick. I feel really bad for you, Ben, because I've been coughing this entire time. Well, the listeners didn't know that. I know, but I'm just saying, like, <laughs> Ben's got his work cut out for himself. Tonight. That's all right. I'm used to it. Uh, I do know. I don't know if you had a chance to listen to the Captain Marvel review I did with those guys two weeks no, ago. No, not yet. I really want to. I might do that tomorrow. I have nothing planned tomorrow. I'm really excited. Okay. Yeah, if you can, because I know I was on, not just because I was on that one, but just because there's a lot of, I was actually pretty proud of I that I really one. wish that they got a woman on there. Yeah. Well, if you look at me in certain directions. No, that's a bad joke. <laughs> I'm actually, no, I'm not going to edit that out. I said I don't edit things out. I'm not editing that out. <laughs> uh, and then, yeah, they, the, um, you know, there's other podcasts. Uh, we know our buddy Avellino and our friend Kristen and their friend Erica are doing the another piece of Christina. the Christina. What did I say? Kristen. Oh, I meant Christina. Sorry. <laughs> It's okay, uh, yes. another piece of the puzzle. Yes, mm-hmm. uh, the another piece of the puzzle podcast, which is um, 
doing very well, actually. It's pulling in some good numbers for only two episodes, which is really good. So good. I'm, I'm really proud to have that one on the Next Level Network. And I'm so proud of them. I am I'm, too. Christina is uh, this, this is a big step for her. So I'm really, really proud of them. Yep. Uh, anything else that you wanted to bring up before we, we start making our way out of here? No. Mm-mm. Winter is coming. Well, fair enough. <laughs> uh, yeah, so as we mentioned, next week's episode is um, uh, Fire and Water, which is a Charlie backstory. So that'll be fun to talk about as well. But I think that's going to wrap it up for this episode of We Have to Go Back. Of course, we thank you guys for always listening to us each and every week, for listening to, to uh, sending in that, the feedback when you do. Uh, but until next time, we'll see you guys further on down the rabbit hole. Take care. Winter is coming. We have to go back, Kate. We have to go back!